Welcome to the Let the Warfighter Fight ITAS podcast series hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. ITAS, also known as Enterprise IT as a Service, allows defense agencies to focus more on the warfighter by outsourcing IT services to commercial companies in an effort to increase user efficiencies, effectiveness, and standardized network services across their entire base. And today is officially part one of this podcast series, where we speak with David Rouse, who is the managing client partner at Verizon, about how ITAS Network as a Service helps to promote mission readiness for the DOD and much more. And David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Sure. Well, let's jump in at the top and let's talk about the barriers. So what barriers have there been to change in the past and how does ITAS help to remove these barriers? Yes. Yeah, so in my experience, you know, from a network as a service and then has that contributes to the broader enterprise IT as a service piece, you know, change management from both a technical and, and a personnel perspective has been a challenge also around the budgeting piece that, uh, you know, the government budgeting process takes some time to get the funding in place to address things like technology refresh. And if you look backwards, a lot of times you're dealing with procurement dollars or an industry, what we would refer to as CapEx, to go out and you know upgrade and replace infrastructure. And what I see with uh, Network as a Service, Enterprise IT as a Service, is it presents the opportunity to for the DOD to consume the capability in that as a service model, as the name implies, which allows them to budget more predictably around operations and maintenance budget or what what we would call OPEX. I think the other piece that gets improved in this is the ability for a more comprehensive solution. And by that, I mean, you know, I can move to an end-to-end solution integration by bringing kind of best-in-class solutions from industry, putting that together, delivering it as a service, to the DOD to support the warfighter, and it takes the government a bit out of that final integration piece of, you know, stitching together the various components. That's great. Now let's shift and tell us about how ITAS Network as a Service helps to promote mission readiness overall for the DOD. So I think, you know, a couple things here coming off the last question, moving into this Network as a Service framework, I believe has the potential to improve the efficacy of the government IT staff. You know, so industry can deliver a capability as a service that gets them, you know, depending on a particular mission, maybe 70, 80, 90% where it needs to be. The government folks can then, you know, add the very specific um, nuances that are needed versus having to focus on the total solution. I believe the other piece is it provides a future proofing, if you will, of network investments. So I don't have to go back to that procurement CapEx type budgeting cycle, you know, time and time again. And so what that's going to deliver is I think it's going to deliver improved agility and it's going to remove complexity in the solutions that ultimately the warfighter is leveraging and executing his or her mission. You know, the technology pace of change is very dynamic as we've seen over the last many years. And going to more of a a network as a service model and especially getting to the more future portion of that concept here you know over time for the dod i think they'll be able to take advantage of kind of change on demand versus 
falling you know into various cycles of tech refresh and then the final piece i would say is you know our adversaries the it side of the landscape is becoming more and more you know critical to you know to war fighting and it's a very asymmetric space and what i mean by that is the barriers to entry for certain technologies the cost is very low so to take advantage of things like cloud computing and different iot type capabilities our adversaries can take advantage of those very very quickly so how do we in the us and our military how can we take advantage of those innovation areas just as quickly if not more quickly than our adversaries and moving to an as a service model i think provides that opportunity that's great. It's a perfect segue into my next question, which is kind of a natural progression here, which is really all about security. So from your perspective, how will security be addressed with network as a service? So I think the importance around security, clearly, you know, we've got to have very secure communications and, you know, whether it's for our military, our retail industry, banking, what have you, we read about data breaches all the time. So it's definitely top of mind for folks. And I think if I go back to the you know, the first question where we talked about, you know, what enterprise IT as a service network as a service, what can it improve? And we talked a bit about the ability to deliver an end-to-end solution. Security is a key part of that. And so if I can build security in to the solution up front and I can do it in an end-to-end manner, there's the potential for it to be much more comprehensive and effective than if I am building an end-to-end solution that's coming from two, three, four different sources, and I, on the government side, am having to do the final integration to put all that together, then I've got to figure out, okay, now how do I secure this? So I think the as-a-service model really presents a tremendous opportunity to accelerate the security architecture in that end-to-end model. Great. Thanks, David. Appreciate those insights. And now let's talk about the COVID pandemic. And from your perspective, how has COVID increased the DOD's need for network services based in the cloud? Sure. So COVID's had a tremendous impact on all our lives in many, many different ways, but focusing, you know, on the work side of the equation, you know, we've gone from work being a place you go to just work being something you do and being able to work from pretty much anywhere, as long as you can get a network connection. But in moving to that environment, it's key that you're able to get access to the applications and the data that you need. So cloud is you know, hugely important in enabling that. If I can get access to those applications and data from anywhere without having to have you know, a very specialized end-user device, then you know, that really opens up the aperture on the capabilities that I can do. And the ability to do that rapidly and at scale is something that is, you know, is critically important. So I think that the convergence of, you know, networking from the core out to the edge and the edge being whether it's a wired connection like, you know, my, my home internet connection or I'm in a scenario where I've got to access from a mobile device in a 4G, 5G space but then still being able to connect back to, you know, those necessary resources in terms of applications and data. And so, yeah, I see the adoption of cloud accelerating through this, you know, through the pandemic. 
Great. Thanks, David. Appreciate your insights overall for today's podcast. And for our final question is, what future use cases do you see for network as a service? So I think, you know, to me, the key piece for network as a service is really how do I simplify convergence of the right technologies and the right solutions onto a desired mission outcome? And so how can I do that in in a very rapid, cost-effective, highly efficient manner? And I think as we move past this initial trials of enterprise IT as a service and network as a service and get into really truly more of a at-scale consideration within the Department of Defense, things like software-defined everything, the open architecture, those things provide an opportunity for really improving network simplification and and consistency, ultimately, of the end-user experience across the country and around the globe. Also, you know, orienting the as-a-service solutions squarely on mission outcomes. You know, I think there's a lot more flexibility with the technology that's available today to be very precise in what capabilities are being brought to market. And then the final piece, I think, that has the potential to be really impactful, you know, for the DOD is that network as a service, as, you know, as industry is rolling this out, there's really a big push toward, you know, tier zero support. And by that, what I mean is kind of self-service in terms of service provisioning or dealing with moves, ads, and changes. So if I've got it back to the security question, if I've got security built in and I've got a platform where, you know, a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine can log in and, you know, rapidly provision a capability or make a change to a capability without having to go through, you know, the legacy processes of, you know, documenting and, you know, passing it through various approval chains and, and, you know, ultimately through contracting shops and over to service providers. And then, you know, all the various steps that that we would have to take in a legacy environment. If I can leverage the technology to shorten those provisioning and move ad change cycles so that capability can be nearly instantaneous in kind of a utopia, if you will, in-state architecture, I think that's where we can see some really, you know, significant enhancements on existing capability and likely new use cases and new capabilities that, you know, brought to the market that we're not using today collectively. Excellent. And this concludes this episode of the Let the Warfighter Fight ITAS podcast series hosted on Government Technology Insider. And as you heard, today was part one of this podcast series where we spoke with David Rouse, who's the managing client partner at Verizon, about how ITAS Network as a Service helps to promote mission readiness for the DOD and much more. And stay tuned for further episodes of the Let the Warfighter Fight ITAS podcast series hosted exclusively on Government Technology Insider. And David, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, Matt. Thank you so much. And you have a great day and be safe.